Hello and welcome to RazorPod. This is your host, Patrick Williams. Tonight is the 14th of October. We're coming to you after the Razorbacks uh, 30 to 28 loss, I guess you call it, um, against the Auburn Tigers in Jordan Hare Stadium last Saturday afternoon evening in a game that will be remembered by Razorback fans for many years, I think. Um, likely talked about in the same breath as the SME interference game, uh, Florida 2009, personal August, in the pantheon of great victory snatched, defeat snatched from the jaws of victory by the Zebras. So, Jim G, did I get that year right on the SME? I, I missed it. What was it? What year did you say? 82. Yep, that's right. 82. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, sadly, you know, the, we played, they moved the Texas game back to the first weekend of December in 82. So we had to uh, play Texas the week after the SMU debacle. And obviously after that, the way that ended up, uh, that game ended, <laughs> was uh, uh, shellacking. We just got a, uh, we just got routed by Texas, but it was hard to, you know, after the SMU games. Yes, eighty-two was uh, the year. So uh, before we jump in, hell. before we jump into the Auburn game, Johnny, you got any uh, games that stick out in your mind and the history of Auburn? Pat, I'm really having a hard time hearing you. What? what, what I didn't hear any of that. Uh, the other great officiating staff games. Well, we've had our share. I mean, the, the two that jump out are the ones you mentioned: the pass interference hell in Texas Stadium in 1982, which was just a horrible call. Um, you know, two top ten teams. I think we we're both undefeated at the time. Um, and then the obviously the one that I, the one that I really felt like we got the sh the shaft for for poor reasons, not that there's ever a good reason to get the shaft, but was the 2009 game against Florida when we were – I think we were a 500-ball club and starting to get things a little bit moving under Petrino. And we just played the Gators off their feet in the swamp, um, you know, and it, it just felt like in the fourth quarter that we weren't going to be allowed to win that game because everyone had, had really angled for that championship game. We've been talk They've been talking about it all season. Number one and number two, Alabama and Florida meeting in the SC championship game. That was the one I really just felt like this just doesn't this feels like a screw job. We're not supposed to win this game, and we are. It, it just had a real bad feeling. I think the call the other night was an extremely bizarre play. Um, and in fact, I don't know if I've ever I'd missed that that replay of, of a somewhat similar play in the South Carolina-Missouri game last year. That, I mean, I, I couldn't tell you when I've ever seen a, a backward spike. But, um, you know, I, I also felt that call was reverse-engineered, or the explanation was reverse-engineered to, to meet the call. I thought the call was, was wrong. And the SEC League office had to admit it was wrong. But they basically gave them cover on an absolutely undefinable and inarguable point that we didn't – that nobody jumped on the ball 
quote unquote, immediately. Well, we had two guys go for the ball. Auburn had two guys go for the ball. What's the standard for immediate? What if all ten? What if all eleven players on Auburn team just stood around, but four of our guys went for it? Well, is that immediate? This is Auburn didn't go for it. It just it, it's a very subjective interpretation, and um, you know I, I've yet to see anyone in debating that call who doesn't live in the confines of the great of the plains down in Alabama that thinks it was the right call and that we did anything but get a real hose job. Yeah. Tony, let me ask you this, because you, you bring up the Florida game from 2009, and you, know, you might also talk about the Florida game, Tony Bua out of bounds, shot to win that game. It's kind of a wacky call, but here this year with Auburn, it doesn't really feel like there's that overarching SEC, got to have Auburn, no, no, no. It just doesn't I, seem like the same situation. No, no, I agree with that. I, I, I just think it was a, I think it was a really botched call. That they they were trying. Like I said, the only way I can describe it is they tried to reverse engineer the explanation, so they could give the officials some cover for for really blowing the call. And I know it's a weird play. It's a bizarre play. I, I will I will concede that, but I don't. I think they were. Tell me, does Alabama get that call? I mean, to kind of push back on your point a little bit, does Florida get that call? Jimmy G, what do you think? Um, well, first, uh, before we uh, our little listeners call in, uh, Johnny was almost correct about 1982. Uh, the Razorbacks got upset in Waco. Oh, that's right. That SMU game. Uh, in fact, up 14 nothing in Waco and ended up losing 24-17. Um, so, uh, not, not, not eight and one. Yeah, eight and one. Uh, so, but yeah, close enough. I think Arkansas is ranked fourth in the polls before the Baylor game, but I, we dropped a little bit after that. But still, yeah, two top ten teams. But anyway, um, I absolutely on the call. I agree that if if it happens, um, if Bo Nix, you know, it, which it, as someone that's uh, been a full time follower of the Bo Nix experience. Uh, it was just just glorious to watch it, except the fact that it was, you know, it was, it was all Bo Nix, um, in his, uh, all his Bo Nixness. It's, um, and I, I watched a lot of Auburn games and some, uh, our good friend, uh, from Tennessee, not Stat Boy, but Stat Boy's good friend from Tennessee, uh, Joe Boo, for lack of a better word, um. Uh, that's his initials, guys. I'm not making a reference to the movie Major League. Uh, so I texted him as Auburn uh, began their next to last drive, even before this one. I said, We need Bad Bo Nick to show up. We need the full Bad Bo Nicks right now. And then after the game, I said, We got Bo Nicks that we needed. <laughs> we just didn't get, I don't think the officials were even prepared for what Bo Nicks was about to do. Um, <laughs> And, and my opinion on what happened with the officials is, I think when he fumbled the snap and then he picked it up, I think they were like, oh, no, if he spikes it, it's grounding. Yeah. And I don't think they were quite prepared for what Bo Nix did next, to spike it backwards. Um, so, I think they were off to the – like, it's Bo Nix doing something that you 
like, and he could make the like he did the great throw against Oregon to win that game, or you could get this, and um, and then when they blew the whistle, which again shouldn't be the be all end all anymore. We've it's determined not. <laughs> that's not the be all and end all of of a play now, and uh, Boucher jumped on it. It squirted out from under him, but he and another Auburn player were still going for the ball, and he got yeah. it, and. Um, so I think at that point it was there were so many different things floating around. But the problem is with the officials, they're SEC officials. This isn't class two A Arkansas high school football with, you know, or maybe through I don't know, Prescott and Junction City playing each other or somebody. You know, <laughs> it's it's the SEC. It's Auburn, Arkansas. It's it's a big game and um you can't make that mistake. And then that's, again, why you have replay as well is um, to go back and make, hey, look, he picked up the ball, he spiked it, which would normally be grounding, except he spun around for some reason and threw it backwards, which is a fumble. And that, so who got the ball at the end? Was, was the whistle blowing and the refs running, doing all the, you know, waving their arms and getting back, and then somebody runs over and picks it up? No, there were players going after the football from both teams. And that was it. Uh, Grant Morgan that was getting hogtied. Yeah. Auburn offensive Auburn line. around his neck, yeah. Yeah. So, you know I mean? so here's the question, Jimmy G. If Boucher gets it on the first bounce, do you think they call the play different? No. I heard, I heard Monday when I was driving – I was driving back from North – driving back down south from North of Arkansas on Monday. And – uh I was listening to their, one of their shows, and they said yes. One of the guys said yes. The other guy's like, yeah, I don't know, you know. And uh, I, I maybe if he, but I don't think that was the determining factor because I I saw the play that Johnny is talking about with a Missouri who was who was Missouri playing South Carolina. Yeah, and that was way later than what Fouché did. Way, and that was only one player. Yeah, it was one, one player dude. kept playing. Yeah. And it, I'll go back, and I know our listeners, and I will probably our my co-hosts are going to roll their eyes first, and our listeners will roll their eyes next. But it, it takes me back to a game in the mid '80s um, when Springdale played Little Rock Central in Quigley, and um, it was a regular season game. It was one versus two in the state. It was a really big game. You can look it up. I'm sure Jim Harris or those guys will remember Wally Hall and um, really big game in Quigley. We go down there. Springdale's up. Uh, Central High is kicking a field goal at the end. It gets blocked. But it's not one of the blocks where it goes backwards. You know, you block it, how the ball kind of goes up in the air. And it kind of spun forward and then landed maybe 10, 15 yards past the line of scrimmage. Well, Springdale had a safety back. And he went and picked up the ball. Just picked it up. Because the refs had blown the whistle and kind of waved it. He picked it up and he went to hand it to an official. Well, a central player ran by, grabbed it, and ran into the end zone. The score was 7-6 to six, Springdale. So, central runs it into the end zone. This was the last play of the game, by the way. And so, they give him a touchdown. <laughs> and they were like – and so, like – and I'm in, I wasn't in high school at the time. I, was, I think I was in junior high, maybe, maybe elementary, six or seven grade. And uh, so, I hadn't gone to the game. I was just listening on the radio. And, of course, it was all the Springdale paper and everything. It was just bananas. 
and the local news bananas, Jerry Williams bananas, the whole town of Springdale was like, what just happened? And um, because and our guy, the player said he blew the whistle, so you know, that thought it was dead. Obviously, the ball he should have just downed it, you know, picked it up, put his knee down, but with the whistle blowing, he went to hand it to him, and so Central got a win <clears throat> that they shouldn't have gotten because of a whistle that we heard that but that's high again that's my point that's high school officiating who knows it's well, kind of and, and no replay right i mean that this is the kind of right. stuff oh, replay no. is supposed to but but how many times had but how many times have you seen a swing pass or something and 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 they always let the play go and and they never blow it dead Okay, and they all, we've just seen those plays so many times. I think Jimmy G's right. I think just the fact that this play looked bizarre, they they blew the whistle, and 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 then they said, "Well, we blew the whistle. We can't go back and change it." But that's not the rule anymore. I, I think, don't you think, Pat, that that's what they really said? We blew the whistle, therefore it should be dead, even though that's not the rule. Yeah, I, I do. That was their justification and i think just because it is such a weird situation i mean they had their mind made up when he muffed oh god he's gonna spike it that's a penalty they already had the flags out they already had their mind up made up what was going to happen and they didn't they just didn't react to what actually happened yeah. i think the worst thing that could have happened I mean, of course he would have never probably done this but it's both next to those he had gotten a snap clean and done a dumb spike. I don't think any of this happens the same way. I think they let it go. I think they throw the beanbag down. I think it's a fumble and a scramble for the ball. I think once he muffed it, the refs were so keyed into if he spikes it now, I got to throw a flag, and that's a weird rule anyway, and I got to make sure I get that part right, that they never, ever – they couldn't even figure out what was going on after that. Now – to Jimmy G's point, that's their job. They're SEC refs. They're supposed to be, you know, one level below pros, you know, almost the best in the nation. Of course they're not because we have way too many problems with them. But here's my problem with it is not the guys on the field. Okay, that's a confusing-ass situation. You know, you got lots of things you got to think about. You've got a home office watching this on TV with a dedicated ref who presumably can call somebody or has some backup or, you know, a red line to Mike Pereira. I don't know, but it's not surely just one other dude sitting there with a rule book in front of him. Because I'll be honest, I mean, it was a decent amount of time for the review, but I've seen longer on plays that weren't that complicated. Take your time. Get it right. I mean, well, and, and didn't you hear the one explanation? I don't know where I saw it, what show it was on, but one of the explanations I heard was that they made that they made a determination that it wouldn't be fair to give the ball to Arkansas. Fair? What, what, what are we <laughs> doing? Make any sense? What, what, we're going to balance. We're going to balance the equities here. What, what are we? What are we doing? I mean, it's not. It like, wouldn't be fair. It wouldn't be what? fair. I swear that that was one of the explanations from the SEC office that we didn't feel like it would be fair to give the ball to Arkansas. Well, it wasn't what? fair that. It, it we're not playing to... we're not playing checkers in the schoolyard i mean it's either a rule or it's not it's not yeah. like well you know that doesn't seem right to us or fair that arkansas would get the ball because auburn did something colossally stupid and let's get this out of the way 
not Auburn, Bo Nix, did something colossally stupid that no one could even fathom him doing. So that's not fair to punish Auburn. <laughs> I mean, and just here's here's my next question, and no one's really talking about this, and maybe it is just what it is. The ten second runoff it's is t- that is that right? I I mean, it, it gets lost in the total mishandling of the backwards fumble, but is that the correct call there? I think it is. If you intentionally ground, yeah. I think it is. I, if you, it is but, but, I mean, it, typical Razorback. I mean, it only we, hurt we, the we, Razorback. We, 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 got, we, we covered a fumble. They got a penalty, and we got totally screwed in the ass. I mean, everything about it, we, we didn't do anything wrong. And we, got, and, 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 we right. lost ten, and we lost 10 seconds, lost the football, and lost the game. And we didn't mess up once. Uh, that's and not – you want to know about what's fair? I'll <laughs> say, too, that when Carlson missed the field goal with, like, two and a half minutes left, uh, and, look, I'm not – look, I missed a lot of things about that game. But I got this – I said – I turned around and told a couple of my buddies from – I said, he's a good kicker. If they get the ball back, he's not missing another kick. You know, he's a really good kicker. I was stunned that he missed the first one. And uh, so – I mean, I knew as soon as they made the call and Auburn still had the football that we were done. I mean, Carlson wasn't going to miss another kick. No, he came close. He tried to push okay, the okay. Right, but it, another, it didn't go through the uprise. Another way that we got the raw end of that deal, let's just say you spot the ball where he fumbled it, right? Not where the original line of scrimmage was, but what if you spot it where the fumble actually occurred? Does he make that kick? It was cutting hard. You're talking it about the – I don't, I don't know. know. It's only like three yards behind. It's hard to tell though where it was crossing because I mean the yeah. TV did it. It was hard to tell. It's fair, um, but I mean it looked like one of my drivers. You know, it was, cut, it was it's slicing hard. It was and, moving uh, right at the end. Um, you know, Johnny, I never even thought about that. I knew that the last kick was close because they made a big deal out of it, but I never even thought about if they if he'd had if three more sp- yards back. What if? What if you just because because they they later said it was clearly a fumble, okay? But why did so why did they get the ball back at the original line of scrimmage? Yeah, because they couldn't rule it a fumble at that point, right? Because it was a fumble, but they couldn't rule it a fumble because if they ruled it a fumble, it'd be our football. Exactly, yeah. it, it's yeah. a circular. It, I get a headache thinking about it. you can't you, you can't say it was a fumble and not give us the football. And at the very least, how do you spot it back at the original line of scrimmage? You can't. That, that, that can't. Look, I am not. I am not. A, I don't know the rules. They, they saw when I saw the explanation from the, from the SEC seven a dash. I was like, whatever. But that can't. It, 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 but it can't be the rule that you can fumble the ball and, and get the ball back at the original line of scrimmage. And that can't be the rule. I, I mean, I, it, I wouldn't. It's. I'll say this. Um, it was. I'm glad we're having – I'm not glad we're having this specific discussion, but I'm glad we're having discussions about things like this and not complete ineptitude. And, yes, I agree. And we got shafted, but there were plenty of things in that football game that Arkansas did wrong that left us in a position to get shafted. Sure. Right. Great point. Um, so, and and, and that I, was exactly what I was going to say before you said it, is who would have thought – in game three of this year, we'd be sitting here arguing about a blown call losing the game at the end of the game. There's at no Auburn. Way. Especially yeah, at Auburn. like Auburn on the road. 
and not like we we just fluked into it. It's like we really are. And we're we're so much better. Can't hear you, Jimmy G. What he was saying was, it's just we're so much better than we ever were under Morris. It's just, you know, tell what would what would the score have been in that game if Morris was (laughs) our head coach and we got down seventeen to nothing on the road. Forty-five to three. Forty-five to three. I mean, would we have scored? I mean, so I mean, the fact that we battled back, got back into it before halftime. Um, you know, it, it was. I was. I was. I'm like Jimmy G. I, I, there were a lot of things we could have done better. Special teams is really not is really bad. That's something we need to talk about. I mean, two kicks out of bounds, block punt, bubble bubble uh, bobbled snap on an extra point. I mean, we just. I mean. Ouch! It's that that you about costing you a game. I know Jimmy G loves special teams. I like to get his take on special teams. Um, the part that lost me was going for two after the next touchdown. Um, because it was seventeen to twelve. If we kick there, it's seventeen thirteen. Then we don't. Um, we don't miss the one. When it's twenty to twelve, we don't go for two there. We just it's twenty to thirteen, it's twenty to twenty. And then so I think going for it this after the second touchdown so early was the one that was the only one I had a problem with because that just set us behind even more. And I don't know if I'm just talking into the Ethernet. I think we're having audio difficulties. <laughs> I got I got I, I got you, Jimmy G. You I, can, I can hear you. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah, we can hear you, Pat. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I went, I went off for a little bit. I don't know what happened there, but um, I got most of that Jimmy G about, you know, all of the different ways. I'll be honest down 17, nothing. I gave up loaded family up in the family truckster and and headed (laughs) just, you know, 17, zero. It, it matched my expectations. We were hate. We were not getting run off the field, but nor were we in any danger of winning that game. And now listen to, you know, the dulcet tones of Chuck and Keith or Chuck and Finn <laughs> on the way down to the lake, and all of a sudden it's 17-12, and okay, and then, you know, it turns into what it turns into at the end. Now, again, I old days, Bielema Morris, yeah, sure, I, I'm still giving up even at 28-27. Um, in fact, I'm absolutely prostrate just saying, yeah, we're done. This team, not so much. And when we got the missed field goals, like maybe, maybe it's just different. Maybe we've turned the corner. But then the, the last series where we immediately somehow Traylon Smith, who I really like and I think has done a tremendous job in place of Raheem Boyd. I swear he, like, turned around and ran backwards for something. <laughs> he, like, hit the line and then just said, nope, yeah. nope. Ended up with a loss of seven yards somehow on a power power run. I'm like, how does that happen? And then, of course, we're immediately behind the sticks, and we're like, oh. Uh, and, you know, I was just surprised I didn't see T.J. Hammond strutting out on the field. At that. <laughs> oh, well, the, the worst thing was, and you're right, it was, there was about two and a half minutes left. I'm not sure we start. We were on like the twenty or so. Uh, I think we well missed field goal. Don't we get on twenty? Twenty or twenty-five. And so 
uh, we're behind the sticks. They've got all their timeouts. If they stop us three and out, even if we're throwing the football and they don't use it, it's irrelevant. There's two and a half minutes. If we stop the clock, if we don't, they're going to get the ball generously. Let's say it's a 45-yard net punt. They're getting the ball at their own 35-yard line with two minutes left, either all their timeouts or if we run the ball into the line with three, two minutes left and no timeouts, but it's college football, the clock stops on first downs. So it doesn't really matter at that point. Unless you're going to pick up two first downs, they're going to get the ball back. And I heard a really good explanation on the radio, again, driving back down Monday from Northwest Arkansas down south, that uh, as somebody said, and it was, I think it was Clint Sterner I was listening to, one of his hits uh, on the radio. He said that we're not in a position right now in Pittman's first year, like Alabama, Georgia, LSU from last year, um, these teams that have dominant offensive lines that you can run the four-minute offense and overpower teams when they know you're going to run the football. We're not there yet. So we have to do something else to try to pick up a first down when everyone knows you're going to run the football. And so that was my only problem. Look, it's it's fair to be a little bit critical and a lot critical of our special teams. A little bit of the play calling at times, you know, because Pittman's new at this. You know, it's his first time being a head coach. There's going to be some – uh, in-game stuff that happens. And it's, so it's not being I dislike Pittman or I dislike – it's just there are things that we're going to get better at, I think, the longer – the more experience he gets during it. Saturday. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the thing – I agree with that, Jimmy G. And that's – you know, we've, we've said on the show a couple times there's going to be a time when that offensive line is a problem. And that, that, that's exactly what you're talking about. We – we couldn't line up with two and a half minutes left and say, we're coming over left tackle and you, you can't stop it. We're going we're gonna to get 10 yards. We just, we just we're not there yet, and it's kind of like what we were kind of predicting. When we, re- when we really needed it, the line just not quite there yet. And uh, hopefully someday they will be. But it was uh, – you're really right. We really uh, – at that point, you know, I mean, even one first down, if you can run, you know, You've run four or five plays, the game's open. Mm-hmm. So, so here's the big question I'm left with. You know, we talked about all the big things. Is Auburn any good? <laughs> in, in spots, yeah. I, I mean, I was shocked Tank Bigsby only had 145 yards. It seemed like he was, yeah, he, he's, I, he was running all over. Yeah. I felt like he was running all over us all night. I thought to him only having 150 or less than 150. I was shocked, and they've got big. Uh, they got athletic defensive linemen. They they got athletes. I, I just hey, and, it, and it doesn't pay me to say this. Their offense is just a mess. It's just a mess, and there's there's too much talent for them to be that that poor. Well, one thing I think their offensive line is not as good as it's been the last few years, but and I. As someone that likes to clown on Nick, the reason to clown on it because I, uh, our other friend from Tennessee and I talk a lot about this is like I actually like Bo Nix. I think he's a good quarterback. Um, he just does some really like a couple times a game some things that dumbfound you. But I think if you have the weapons around him, he's a guy that can like you know weapons that Auburn is certainly capable of getting. They don't may not have them all this year, 
but they've got some good pieces. They that was Seth Williams, the wide receiver. He's really good and talented. Um, they, I just think they get a little better offensive line, some more. And Malzahn needs to whatever he's doing with Chad Morris or ever since Rhett Lashley's left, um, their offense has kind of floundered around a bit, which is surprising because Rhett Lashley knows how to call an offense because he under he's a protege of Gus Malzahn. So I don't really know what Malzahn is doing. He should be running that offense. Yeah, I don't know why why he feels like he needs to hire somebody. All right, well, we've been going a while. Uh, time to flip to uh, this week's tilt against the uh, Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Rebels, who absolutely played a slot machine game against Alabama toe-to-toe deep into the fourth quarter with nobody stopping anybody and finally lost to the Crimson Tide. So, man, uh, Johnny Fable, I understand you have some hot-off-the-press news regarding Ole Miss? Uh, Yeah, apparently they've had an outbreak of COVID. Um, um, They've quoted Kiffin saying that they could play today, but uh, they don't know if they're going to be able to play by Saturday. Um, Yeah. the the numbers that I, I don't know the no, I saw an inter, I saw an interesting stories like it's just la- hard to believe the way Kiffin was uh, so observant of mask protocol during that Alabama game yeah <laughs> and you know well, apparently he gave Saban COVID <laughs> well, you know, probably I on purpose I read something interesting it's like every team Alabama's played this year the other team's gotten an outbreak of COVID so uh, you know they're not I don't think they're really reporting their their cases. Uh, so maybe that's, I don't know, maybe that's true. I bet they're playing sick. So, um, you know, I don't know. I think there's, I mean, Florida's already canceled football activities for a while. Their game, uh, was canceled this weekend. Um, and they're playing, playing Auburn? No, they're, they're playing LSU. Florida and LSU, LSU was going to play. I'm sorry. So that game's off. Um, I saw something else that, that, that our game is, is in doubt, and there may only be one or two SEC games this weekend because of COVID. So, yeah, what is it? Vandy, Missouri's off. That, that's that off. on earlier in the week. That's off. Y'all, y'all, are, y'all use the word canceled. As of now, they're postponed. They've rescheduled. Well, just, fair. They're that's rescheduled. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Better, better term. That's the correct term. So, but, now, yeah. they could end well, up being canceled the more this goes on, but um, I don't yeah, know. I mean, we'll see. I'd be surprised if Arkansas and Moldness play Saturday. Uh, I'm really? Yeah, I'm starting to lean that way. Um, I mean – Yeah, but probably not so much of the COVID cases. Ole Miss probably has – like, oh, Florida had 18 or 19. That That's a no-brainer. But if Ole Miss just has two or three, but the problem is going to get them to the contact tracing, then that's yeah. what's probably going to lead the whole thing to being postponed. And – I don't know what Ole Miss' schedule's like. Arkansas's off week is next Saturday, the 24th. So, uh, and we don't have another open date until that open slot the week before the SEC championship game that all teams have. So, this our scheduled off week is the 24th. Hmm. The number of cases at Ole Miss, I, I want to say that they confirmed that they'd had, I think, either five or six confirmed cases. Um I can't remember the exact number. I'm trying to look it up right now. Um, 
Well, yeah, I think, well, I think Jimmy G's right. If anybody has to quarantine, and if you're on a football team, it's hard to see how it's not going to be a quite a bit of people have to quarantine. That'd be really hard to, to, to get to field a full team. Yeah. Let's, let's assume the game's played <clears throat> since we're not on ER pod. And um, <laughs> figure out – I mean, they looked really good. And <laughs> well, who, no, no, what, what, which part are they? Well, they're off. One part that looked really good. Corral and the receivers looked really good. Um, And then you look up and they're playing the Alabama Crimson Tide, and you're going, what is going on? I hadn't seen an Alabama defense look that bad in many years. I mean, maybe one of those Auburn games where Auburn were just scoring at will against them, maybe against Clemson last year. Uh I don't know. I I don't know if that was extraordinary effort by Ole Miss. If, like Saban says, if Kiffin had their signals, which I'm just going, Saban, I have a ton of respect for you. I can't believe that you wouldn't believe that Lane Kiffin would steal your signals and you wouldn't have changed them, not just a little bit, but completely come up with new things since he was there. I mean, that just sounds – excuse making get the so as to not have to answer the media as to why your defense looks so bad so i don't know i, I same question i asked about auburn is Ole miss any good their offense is for sure there's no doubt their offense is good um i you know they they beat kentucky in overtime 42 to 41 uh and kentucky kentucky's got a really good defense they not with, they held Mississippi State scoreless. I mean, the only score Mississippi State had was a safety. Uh, Auburn only had one offensive touchdown in their win against Kentucky. So, um, they've given up one touchdown except to Ole Miss, who scored six touchdowns. So, uh, I, Ole Miss's offense is the real deal. And Ole Miss scored a bunch – well, of course, not scoring a bunch against Florida is not such a big deal because Florida's defense is pretty atrocious. But it's a tough offense to um, stop. And Corral is – looks like, you know, a really good player, even though I know he splits time. But I think he'll, he'll get the majority of the snaps. Um, I, I would say that <clears> – <throat> The, while the offense is real, that um, and it wasn't typical Alabama beat you up physical, but it was Alabama. And you know how much Kiffin puts into that game. I, it'd be hard for me to believe Ole Miss isn't going to be flat today. Johnny, the matchup seems to work to our disadvantage. You know, they're really good offense against what I'd consider the strength of our team, which is our defense. So our offense still has a ways to go. Um so I think the question is, what can Franks and the offense uh, do against this team? Well, it's going to be – running football would sure as hell help. Um, you know, and if Boyd – I don't know. There's a, I read a report that the, the Gazette, the Democrat Gazette this morning, that, that Boyd might be ready to play. Maybe that's being planted to play some little chicanery with, uh, with uh, uh, Kiffin. I don't know. But um, a running game would sure help to try to eat the clock, keep them off the football field, um, give our defense more rest. We've really struggled at that at times this year. We certainly did against uh, 
uh, Georgia in the second half in the first quarter, first quarter and a half against Auburn. You know, I just really wish we could line up and run the football a little bit better. Um, you know, that's sometimes the best defense you can have is not letting the other team have the ball. So, you know, Cor uh, Corral's good. Uh, he's athletic, smooth. Um, they've, still, they've got some offensive weapons. Kiffin knows how to drop some, some ball plays. Um, I think we're, we're, we're going to be – I mean, everything from I've seen out of Odom is that we're going to have a good plan uh, defensively to, to be in the game. I, I think it's going to – it might be somewhat of a problem coming up, similar to the Georgia game, when we couldn't establish a running game. If we're unable to establish a running game it, it, and, and, and we get into a track meet, uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a little tough because they've just got a lot more offensive weapons than we have. So I hope we can we can um, you know again Ole Miss gave let's, let's not forget Ole Miss gave up sixty three to Alabama. Now maybe that's not the best barometer. Obviously Alabama's got a lot of talent, but you know we're going to have to score enough points, but we don't want to get into a pinball machine game with them. Yeah, well Johnny, I understand you got to step away for a few minutes. We'll. Uh talk a little bit more about this game and hopefully get you back in time for the picks. And if not, we'll uh, let you catch up on the picks whenever you do rejoin us. So uh, Johnny's going to take a little break. We'll stay here. We'll stay through the break, Jimmy G uh, with you and be like one of those rain delays where on baseball, where we're just going to talk about Razorback games from the eighties for the next uh, 20 minutes while we wait for Johnny to come back. <laughs> Hey, uh, Jimmy G, do you remember well, when uh, Bomb Stadium used to be on Stadium Drive where the softball field is? Man, that was days. You used to sit up on the porch, dirty house, be able to see Razorback baseball games. It was great. Uh, George. <laughs> Glorious George Cole Field. The AstroTurf, you could see the oil underneath it. Yes. Because um, it was leaking underneath the AstroTurf. It was just – Spectacular. Well, we, and, we've and already peeled it talked up. about the 82 SMU game and the 82 Baylor game. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, they, they peeled, peeled, they it, peeled it up in like, like a night. Like we, I woke up one morning and the whole baseball field had turned into a parking lot. Yeah, it's uh, it it was uh, glory day in Razorback baseball back For then. Sure. Um, uh, go ahead. I, I'm not sure where Johnny is. Uh, uh, you need to get into the uh, chat. He explains himself. I was just gonna say we we could do a brief. This got riveting podcasting for our listeners. <laughs> okay, you were saying we could do a brief. You cut out there. What? Oh, sorry. Yeah, we uh, we've already covered part of the '82 season, the end of it, so we could do a recap of the whole '82 season if we needed to. <laughs> oh yes, I say let's move on. You have any other old Miss thoughts? We'll just get into the picks, and we'll let Johnny pick catch up when he comes back. Yeah, I'll, I'll hit those when we do our game pick. Um, so, light slate this week, um, even before some of these uh, cancellations or postponements, um, 
really an odd week. A lot of um, – like OU and Texas are off after the uh, Red River robbery. Uh, so – and then, you know, Big Ten, Pac-12 don't start. Big Ten next Saturday, the 24th, Pac-12. And it was kind of an off week for a lot of teams anyway. So it's not a lot of big games. Though there's one humongous game if it gets played. So, uh, all SEC slate for the Pick'em, except for one game, which is uh, still grown in seeing that. But I uh, had to pick one other game. So, we'll start with Auburn, Mass Carolina. Hmm. Patrick? Tough pick after, after last week. Man, South Carolina just doesn't look that great, although they did kind of come back on Tennessee. I'm going to kind of go against the grain here and pick Auburn. I don't love this pick. I really am going to be curious to see how this game goes, but I'll go ahead and go with Gus here. Notice I'm not saying I'm going with Chad Morris. Um, maybe a little bit of bounce back. They're going to score 31, one more than against us, and uh, give up, I don't know, 21. 31-21 Auburn. In against South Carolina. Jimmy G is frozen. So you have Auburn winning. 31-21. Jeff Auburn winning. Okay. Uh, well, I'm with you on that. This game's tough to pick. I don't really like either team. Uh, I'm just going to go with South Carolina. Muschamp and Malzahn are really not really inspiring much confidence these days, though Malzahn. So, this lady game, uh, Miami was playing Pittsburgh, but after the way Miami played last week, and Pitt lost to, Pitt lost to BC. Uh, so, that's why we're going with Boston College at Virginia Tech. And uh, I'll go for – I'm going to take Virginia Tech. They played a shootout with uh, North Carolina last week. Um, I think they get it done over BC, who's played a couple of really good games and won a tight game over uh, Pitt last week and then over um, – and then a tough loss to Carolina the week before. So, I'll say going on the road, Virginia Tech gets it done. I mean, I'm sorry, Boston College going on the road. Virginia Tech gets it down to home, uh, 35 to 21. Patrick? Yeah, a little worried about Virginia Tech's COVID situation. I think that hurt them last week against uh, UNC. Weird game between those two. Obviously, I picked it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I'm not a BC believer. <laughs> so they're a they're a tough one <laughs> yeah. to pick, too. 
So, yeah, I think by default, I'm going to go with Virginia Tech. Maybe their COVID guys are back now. And I just, this is more a, I don't believe in BC pick than it is a VTech pick. Uh, 35, 25. All right. All right. Now, we'll back in the SEC for the rest of these, uh, Kentucky at Tennessee. Kentucky after a tough overtime loss at home to Auburn. I'm sorry. Uh, to uh, Ole Miss, and then um, the opener with Auburn game where they did lose, like they controlled a lot of that game, but just uh, couldn't find a way to get over the hump. And then finally got off snide, uh, 24-2 win over Mississippi State at Tennessee, who after winning their first two looked like maybe they were really the real deal and were going to be there with Georgia and Florida in the East, led Georgia at halftime, and then the second half happened and Georgia just uh, blitz Tennessee, uh, even probably even more so than they blitzed Arkansas in the second half. So we'll see if Tennessee can bounce back. Uh, Patrick, this game is in Knoxville. What are your thoughts? Uh, UT all the way. Uh, I don't know if they're going left to right or right to left, uh, but <laughs> I think Tennessee's going to jump on them early. And uh, I think there's probably a lot of bad taste in folks' mouth about that second half because they, they were – even up with Georgia in the first half. I think something happened in the second half. Uh, old Garantano came back, and I think they'll right the ship. I think it's uh, Tennessee – you know, Kentucky doesn't play a style that's going to let you really bring up the score on them a lot, nor does Tennessee. So, you know, it's going to be – the score is going to be closer than the final – than the game actually is. Uh, 28-17, but never a doubt. Tennessee. Okay, I, I, I think Tennessee maybe gets off to a slow start and then maybe takes over in the second half. Um, but I do like Tennessee. I think that first half shows that the progress they've made and um, the ability to just uh, uh, play with Georgia for a whole half. And I, I'm not downplaying what Arkansas did against Georgia for a half. I'm not. I think it was outstanding. It showed how the progress we made under Pittman, how our offseason program, how the coaches got everybody on the same page. I think that after a couple of games under belt, uh, you kind of start seeing um, teams' personalities and all the rust kind of knocked off. Uh, it was really impressive what they did. Plus, they were in Athens. They weren't home. But then, yes, I agree, Patrick, uh, Guarantano, whatever happened that second half was a mess. But I think – and Kentucky's good. I think they're a good, solid team. I think it'll be close for a half, and then Tennessee pulls away in the second half, 34-17 to 17 balls. Uh, the big game of the week, obviously, even though it's a light slated game, there's a monster matchup in Alabama. Uh, Georgia is visiting Alabama, number two against number three. Uh, obviously, Saban won't be on the sidelines. Uh, after testing positive for COVID, but uh, he's been leading practice uh, from Zoom. That's according to him. Uh, so I expect while Sarkeesian, Steve Sarkeesian's taking over game uh, duties, head coaching duties uh, in person, I imagine uh, Saban will be in constant contact at practice and during the game Saturday night. Uh, I will lead off. I picked Georgia to win the SEC. Uh, it's going to be a tough spot for them anytime anyone goes to Tuscaloosa. Their defense is world class, but 
uh, maybe one of the top two or three in the country. Uh, but Alabama is obviously an offense is more than up to the task. So I think the uh, game here will be whether Stetson Bennett the fourth can recreate, and he's a different quarterback than Corral, but can the Georgia offense and Stetson Bennett move the ball, maybe not quite as effectively as Ole Miss, 600 and some odd yards, but just close and score enough points for their defense to make the difference. I think they will, and I like Georgia in this spot. Um, 34 to 27, Georgia. Patrick? I'm going to go the opposite. Uh, you know, it's hard to, okay. hard to pick against Alabama. Um, I actually think not only am I going to pick the result of the game opposite, but I think the matchup is opposite than the key matchup than what you just said. I think the key matchup is <clears throat> can Mac Jones and the Alabama offense do what they have consistently done this year and score 45, 50 points against a really good defense of Georgia. Um, I think Bama's defense is going to get it together. And I just think Georgia's offense does not, it's not Ole Miss. And they don't play the same way. It's not that breakneck, crazy Lane Kiffin offense. I think, I think it really, to me, it's can Bama put up as many points as they have been against a really good defense. And I'm really, I hope, hope, hope that they play this game because I'm really, really interested to see how this unfolds, especially with all the distractions with Alabama and Saban being out and whatever else is going on there. I'm really anxious to see this game. I'm going to pick Alabama. Uh, Again, I think they got to score to win. So um, maybe a, a, 39 to 31 win. Okay. All right. Uh, Hogs and Ole Miss. Um, right back to you, Patrick. Uh, man, it it's, would be a compelling game to pick the Hogs, but I'm not quite a believer yet. Um, the Mississippi State win was nice. Mississippi State's not any good. I think we can – we can now have a couple more data points to say LSU's not any good, at least defensively. Um, Mississippi State gets throttled by Kentucky. Uh, so that win to me, it's great. Any win's great, don't get me wrong, but that's a little devalued based on what's happened over the next week. Um, Hogs got to show me. Show me something last week, didn't pull out the win. Uh, call it technicality, call it whatever, you know, we're done with moral victories. So I just don't know. I don't, I don't think they can do it this week. I, it pains me and I'm going to have to hold my nose and say, oh, man, I just, that offense looks really good. And I'm just afraid we're going to not be able to hold the ball enough to slow them down, hold the ball on offense enough. We're going to give them too many possessions and, uh, I think Ole Miss wins um, 42 to 28. Uh, um, well, uh, Pat and I are in a lot of disagreement this week, and our listeners know I don't pick Arkansas lightly. I usually don't pick Arkansas. Um, but I, I don't like the spot for Ole Miss. Um, they uh, played a good game at Florida to start with, but then the Gators just kind of pulled away their defense, couldn't, which is no – 
uh, Kyle Pitts, the tight end, Trask, the quarterback, or the lethal combination. And Florida's offense is really good, but Ole Miss couldn't keep up with him. And then they had a big game. Well, not a big game, but they played an overtime game at Kentucky for Kiffin's first win, 42-41. Then they, bounce, they go right back home. Uh, they put all their bat, uh, eggs in the basket of the Alabama game, pulled out all the stops uh, offensively. I, I just don't see them being up for this game. Uh, with the COVID stuff and the distractions, if it's played, they're going to be a little shorthanded, uh, which every team is that plays. I mean, Arkansas is going to have some guys too. Maybe it's not be as big an outbreak. But, uh, so, but I think – Ole Miss being a little flat, Arkansas being a little angry, um, Corral maybe not quite as on this week. I'll say Arkansas gets it done 30-24 to 24 hogs. Wow. The actual Arkansas pick. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often for me. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, uh, I guess because Johnny's not here, so no sponsor this week. Well, it, well, we did have uh, – we had Coleman Dairy lined up. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, uh, Little Rock, uh, Coleman Dairy was ready to go with a nice 2% milk and, or skim milk for those that wanted to uh, stay healthy. But uh, for the longtime fans or those that just love a big glass of whole milk, that was also in the offing. Or the kid and all of us, the Coleman Dairy chocolate milk. Uh, always a nice treat. So uh, Coleman Dairy was ready to step in. And uh, sponsor Johnny's pick. I'm sure Johnny would be firing up the hogs this week. That's my prediction for his pick. But hopefully maybe it'll be up on the blog or on Twitter somewhere. We can get Johnny and Tom's picks in. Uh, I did forget to mention when we started uh, last week, uh, Patrick and myself were 4-1. and one. Uh, We only missed Vitek in North Carolina. Uh, Tom was 3-2. and two. Uh, The Texas – he was the only one to pick North Carolina correctly. But sadly, his Arkansas pick, uh, and uh, he and Johnny both had Texas against Oklahoma. So Johnny was two and three. Um, so uh, overall, Patrick's in first place, seven and three. Tom is six and four. I have bounced back from a one and four start. I'm now five and five. And Johnny is four and six. So um, Three games separate top and bottom. I'm sure it'll get more interesting when sleeper picks start re, uh, re-emerging when the Big Ten gets back in action. That's right. A uh, couple of news and notes uh, about our sponsor, Jimmy G. A little, little trivia for you. Uh, Aflac, Aflac trivia question on Regipod. Good. Um, Central Heights Baseball Field. Do you know what the name of Central Heights Baseball Field is? Uh, do I get a hint? Is it named after an alumni? Uh, possibly, I do not know. Is it named after a former coach? No. No. Okay. Um, wow. Oh, let's see. Is I it a Little Rock native? I gave you a hint with the lead-in alluding to Is our sponsor. Is it Coleman? Is it Coleman? Buddy Coleman Field. Wow, that is uh, impressive. So we got Buddy Coleman Field. And, uh, of course, the famous Quigley Stadium. I'm not sure. Maybe, Patrick, can you – let's round out all the facilities. What's Central High's uh, basketball facility? Uh, the Oliver Fitzgibbon uh, Fieldhouse. Okay. There we go. Do they have a track complex? Uh, no. no. Well, okay. it's part of Quigley, so 
Okay, well, not uh, no separate naming rights on the track. <laughs> well, full disclosure for our listeners, uh, mom, my mom, Mama G, is a Central High alum. She uh, she graduated from Central High uh, many years ago. I won't. I don't. I don't actually know the exact year. I could get close. <laughs> I probably. But she probably wouldn't want me. She probably wouldn't want me giving out the exact year. But uh, she is a Central High alum, along with uh, uh, our brief one year. Uh, host uh, Buford Tannen, also a Central High grad and an alum, and I believe uh, as Patrick Williams knows so much, he's got a one young Patrick. A young Patrick Williams is a Central High student, right, Patrick? Yes, sir. Uh, a year and a half away from having a Central High alum. Cross your fingers. Make sure every <laughs> dot your eyes, cross your T's. Hope that happens. But uh, yeah, that's. Yeah. Uh, have spent many so, so, a uh, beautiful spring uh, night. Well, not many. <laughs> One year and four games worth of beautiful spring nights at Buddy Coleman Field before <laughs> COVID put an end to baseball last spring. Yeah. Um, hopefully we'll get that uh, some uh, baseball back. I know that Razorbacks this weekend are starting their fall World Series, the Omahogs. So hopefully we'll have some baseball this spring. and. Um, I guess we gave our listeners a little taste of all the Little Rock Central uh, connections here on uh, Razor Pod. <laughs> uh, well, Jimmy G, I don't know if you've had a chance. Uh, you're you're shouldering a lot of work in this pod, but uh, have you had a chance to look at the mailbag? Uh, well, that's one thing I purposely avoid because I'm not. That's not my segment, and so I always like to be surprised when Tom Logan reads <laughs> the mailbag. So I'm sorry. I, I should have been better prepared. I, I mean, it's do your job, and I should have done more than just my job this time. So that's my fault. Uh, you know, I, my, I hate the uh, it's not my job description, but in this case, you were uh, totally justified. So and, uh, I'm with you. <laughs> we got to be justified. I mean, I, I hate that, too. I hate when someone says that's not my job. <laughs> <laughs> we got a good email from our old friend, uh, Ken. Ken. He of the many goes. Um, he does a, well, that, blah, 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 and he has a bunch of ampersands or wingdings or whatever you call those, kind of like the old cartoon characters to show that he's cussing. Uh, he said that effing sucked, no doubt, <laughs> Ken. Uh, no real reason to rehash the missed call, but he's going to anyway. Uh, he says the referee crew was so happy with themselves that they got the intentional grounding correct. They then went on autopilot for the rest of the play, which is kind of what we said uh, at the beginning. I think that's exactly what happened, Ken. I think you spot on nailed it. I think that – and then once they had done that, they they couldn't back out of it or wouldn't back out of it. Uh, he has – Ken has two major concerns w- with the season going forward, uh, the injuries. The ability for the defense to practice at game speed during the week. Um, he says he thought that led to a lot of missed tackles against Auburn. Um, second concern is the formation penalties on special team, just inexcusable. Um, he thinks it may be because they're continuously calling up new players to play on special teams. I don't know. That's a great, that's, that's, that's a, good a great point. point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he does not think Arkansas beats Ole Miss. 
However, after the bye week, the team gets healthy and beats Texas A&M. A little look ahead, look look forward for Ken. Wow, good call, Ken. Like um, his goes are are many and numerous, and and have flourished and multiplied, much like uh, the sons of Abraham in the Bible. Uh, I don't track them as well as Tom Logan does. I just pick out the uh, – he's got the uh, Tarleton State Texans, which is one that I don't think Tom has ever highlighted in his – when he picks and chooses the goes. Um, Darnell Sand Lizards, I didn't know – I get, think he has said that one. So, so Ken, you're pretty much going to have the Fanatics catalog – on goes by the time we're done with the season. Uh, second mailbag this week from uh, our old friend Tracy, loyal listener, um, talks about welcome back to the Razor Pod. Very few things are an uplifting walk down memory lane like Pettigene Meats reference and uh, loves the Pettigene bologna with the classic red outer ring. Oh, yeah, yeah. always a fan favorite. Tracy did not read the Georgia game or did not watch the Georgia game, so he has no insight. He gives Logan props for the Mississippi State game and the way that Logan predicted it down to the number of turnovers. And then he says regarding Auburn, I'm sure your dissection of the game, the call will be entertaining. He goes directly to special teams, block punt, <clears throat> touchdown. Missed hold on an extra point, two failed two-point conversions, 12 points total given up by special teams, and then the decision to chase points, just total head scratchers. Does he think – and he, we actually did cover this without reference to Tracy's email. Is this poor special teams coaching or learning curve of a first-time head coach? I think I, – I personally believe both. I think you, you probably do too, Jimmy G. Uh, yes, that's correct. Um, just, just lots of special teams questions. Um, don't lose sight of the facts as Tracy, we came back from 17 down on the road and won the game except for the final score. Good point. He thinks Ole Miss will be tough. He, he's looking forward to have hog fans in attendance in Reynolds Razorback Stadium. And then we, uh, I did send out a oldie. Uh, as you know, Rajapod, much like Chad Morris, uh, went to uh, Dallas for our son's football game, kind of after the Western Kentucky game last year. We didn't do any shows because we were all so fed up. And so this was an old Tracy uh, back from uh, Christmas time that I thought was funny. Um, I, I sent out Jimmy G. He says – Nebraska, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, achieved program win, number 900. This year, Penn State's next in line. Hogs will need to pick up the pace since they're currently on pace for program one, number 900, in 2111, 100 Ooh, years ouch. roughly from now, 90, 91 years from, from now. So. Ouch. <laughs> so that means uh, one or two wins a year, we're what about, uh, what are we, about 700? Yeah, he said it, he does have this. I haven't done the math on this, but if we return to our lifetime 583 winning percentage, we can do it by the middle of this century. Okay. All right. I like it. Yeah. 
good stuff, Tracy. You still get, uh, I think we may need to rename Tracy the uh, Elias Sports Bureau of Razor Pod. That, that's good statistic work. All right, Jimmy G, that's the mailbag for this week. Uh, again, we're missing Tom, uh, who's got a, a family commitment, and uh, Johnny, who uh, was here for half the pod and then had a family commitment, but may return here during the last segment. Jimmy G, do you have a rant? Uh, I don't this week. Um, I just want to do something we didn't mention that I think the crew would, uh, the listeners may have be curious about is uh, bringing in um, Hornsby for the second and third and goal plays uh, and taking Franks out and at that series in the, I think it was in the third quarter, maybe, uh, maybe in the fourth, early in the fourth quarter when he, uh, and we tried to, you know, the, the old, and I don't know why Jefferson wasn't brought in and why they put Hornsby in. And I'm not sure the timing, bringing him in for second, third down. It looked like Franks was winded or something. Was, but then after the second down play to leave him in there, the third down play, man, it must have been something planned. Uh, because Frank certainly was ready to come back in or was able, should have been able. So I, I was just, I was mystified by the, well. Yeah. yeah. Do you think it's a browse thing? Cause remember he did it with KJ in the first game. Yeah, yeah he did. But I, the Georgia game was kind of, I mean, I, no one ever thought we were actually legit going to win that game. Um, even we were ahead in third quarter, but like that game was, was it, I think it was early in the fourth quarter when he did that. Um, no, I could be, but uh, it was just odd the timing of it, and I, in a game of it, was, I don't know. I didn't get it, and I and I'm saying that I don't get it. If he, even if he scored a touchdown, I don't get it. If he brings him in at the start of a series of downs, maybe on a first down play, and then Frank's back in. I still don't get it, but okay, you want to try something out. But to bring him in for second and third down, that was just just seemed weird, and I didn't totally understand it. And I, I, I hope we don't see more of that going forward. <laughs> yeah, just the the little nuances or the wrinkles. Let's hold on them and and put them in later in the year after we get our fundamentals down. Um, but but yeah, no rant. Uh, my rant is Oklahoma, Texas. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I made the mistake of getting invested, which I, I – well, and, you know, it was odd because for the first time there were really a lot of good games in that 11 o'clock slot. I mean, you had uh, Florida A&M, which was a, a kind of nuts. Um, you had Missouri LSU, which – was crazy and when totally unexpected, uh, crazy game. And there was another one that, that I was flipping between. I think Virginia Tech and North Carolina were playing. Yeah, that was that was crazy, and it was a Regipod game, so I had my eye on it. Um, there was just a lot going on during that 11 o'clock thing. But no, 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 I made the commitment to OU Texas. That's the big-name teams, my friend Jimmy G., just because I really do like that game, the atmosphere and everything. Right, I got. <laughs> right, that guy. I mean, the four overtime, no one wants to win. It it truly reminded me of an Arkansas game where we're just <laughs> going to go for as many overtimes and just 
somehow dumb luck out a win. When the OU guy shanked the field goal in what, overtime number three? After they blocked a Texas field goal? Yes. I was like, yeah. come on. I mean, that game went on till almost 4 o'clock, Jimmy G, and it was – Our game like was 17 to nothing. It, when they ended? Was, I think our game was – it was Auburn was up 17 nothing when that game ended. And that's insane. The game lasted forever. Now – uh, you know, I didn't. I did also didn't love the Oklahoma giving up the four fourteen point lead. With which that's the specialty of Oklahoma's. Well, um, and and Texas's. So. Well, but Texas never had a fourteen point lead to give up in that game. So, uh, I yeah, Lincoln Riley deserved a lot of criticism. He's the main reason to take his comeback because he got too cute with the play calling. And I think when you've got a team that's already blown. Uh, two double-digit fourth-quarter leads in the two previous weeks. Just just run clock and get out of there. You don't need to be cute and run reverses or run third down. I mean, it was different than Arkansas' situation. You know, we'd just taken a lead. Auburn had just missed a field goal. We had two – like, Oklahoma has been in the business of blowing leads, not just this year, in the past, too. And so to get cute with your play calling – and give Texas another shot it was just, I don't know, it's absurd. And uh, I, I don't know, Riley's really having a rough year so far. And it's a big Lincoln Riley fan. This has not been his finest work. <laughs> I mean, who's going to win the Big 12? Well, it's not going to be Oklahoma or Texas. <laughs> I wouldn't imagine. <laughs> so I think Oklahoma State's probably the favorite right now, but do they inspire a lot of confidence? Um, None of us. I mean, Kansas, Kansas State, State and Iowa State are both undefeated. I don't know, undefeated in the Big Twelve. They're both not. They're not undefeated, but they're undefeated in the Big Twelve. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a it's a strange year down there for sure. I still think Oklahoma is the best team. I I just because I mean, obviously they're they control the game against Kansas State. They control the game against Iowa State. They control the game against Texas. It's just they can't close teams out for some reason. And uh, my favorite thing was the young lady from Texas that flipped off the camera. Oh, yeah. Last of the game. And I think was it every day should be Saturday. Maybe he didn't say it, but someone in the comment under on his tweet said, ladies and gentlemen, the next governor of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Exactly right. I mean, the problem with OU is who they've lost to now. Um uh, because they've lost to those two teams, K-State and Iowa State. At least Texas still has to play those two. So, But, again, if Texas had won against Oklahoma, you'd feel better about that. But they're they're down now. They've lost TCU and OU. So, um, man, just a weird year. Very topsy-turvy. And Baylor what, still only played one game? Golly, <laughs> I didn't think about them. But, yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, it's just – it's insane. And, uh, you know, our listeners know this as well as we do, that all the games that we've predicted tonight, you know, most – most I mean, a lot of them may not get played. Well, and you bring up a good point. We might need to, to have a little advanced ruling here. Um, if they're postponed, do you get a chance to repick? Oh, yeah, because then things, circumstances obviously can change. Now, so – Yes, we'll just re-pick them. Because, I mean, who knows if 
if it gets moved to the, especially if it gets moved to that week, open week in December. Yeah. I mean, who knows what teams will look like then of the injuries or what their record is and how their season's going. So, of course, we can repick games that are postponed. Yeah, just as if it never happened, which it never did. So, okay. All right, well, Johnny nor Tom joined back, so we'll go ahead and sign off for tonight. We'll have Jimmy G send them the, the picks, and we'll post those on the blog if I remember to do it. And um, so, Jimmy G, if you would let me know what uh, Johnny and Tom's picks are, or we can just do it on a group chat, and, and I'll, I'll probably just send a group. I'll probably – yeah, I'll just send a group text. That sounds good. All right, Jimmy G, thank you uh, for your service, and uh, we'll see you next week.